Superman Forever Radio, Episode 100, A Conversation with J. David Weeder. than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. People believe tall buildings of a single bound. The infant of ship town is now the man of steel. Superman! Hello and welcome to episode 100 of the Superman Forever radio podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. I am your host. Well, at least since episode number 79. Yeah, 79 was my first venture into the Superman Forever radio podcast as the host. Now, those of you who've been around and listened to the show forever, you know that prior to episode 79, there was another guy who sat behind the mic and did the Superman Forever radio podcast. And in fact, he not only hosted the show, he created the show. It was his. And for episode 100, he's here with me now. We're going to talk. Ladies and gentlemen, the awesome... Jay, David, you can call him Dave, Weeder. Dave, welcome back, buddy. I don't know what to do with my hands. I like I like what you've done with the place. Well, thank you. Thank you. We, you know, we kept pretty much the same color. I liked the blue and red you had going. And so I haven't had to push the emergency red button here yet, but I appreciate you leaving it for me. In case of emergency, don't push. Don't push. <laughs> not push that button. <laughs> Do not push the button. Didn't push the button. There are legal papers as to why I, I would tell you not to, but I, I can't speak on them. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome back. That's yeah, good to be back. I can't believe episode 100 is here. That's weird to think about. Isn't that amazing? And for me, you know, having listened to uh, you with this show, you know, that, that, that's listeners. That's just something that. You think once you get to my age that, you know, the third act is here and you know what you're going to do with the third act and, you know, you're semi-retired. You, what are you going to do? I don't know. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I wouldn't mind doing one. And then the awesome J. David Weeder says, how would you like to do Superman? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you changed my life, sir. And for that, I don't know how to thank you. That is just amazing well no i owe you the thanks i mean this was a show that was dormant that was sitting there doing nothing and it just seemed like a good fit so it was a, it was a win-win so i'm glad the show has gone on and reached this episode this milestone well me too i am i am thrilled i love talking superman and um got a lot of good plans for the show we're gonna i'm hoping to um get it out a little more frequently i'd like to go twice a month with it uh instead of monthly so far it's been averaging in about a monthly uh episode I'd like to go twice a month and uh, i've got some plans and, and i'll be talking a little bit about those a little bit later but for those of you who don't know dave has uh switched over to marvel dave has not left podcasting you are doing your dave's daredevil podcast over on the two true freaks network uh and that is a great show folks that's a lot of fun i'm enjoying that even as a dc guy 
You know, as you guys know, I'm a DC guy. I know very little about Marvel. I've learned more about Daredevil listening to Dave's show than I have ever read the comics. So uh, what made you go to Daredevil? Was that something that was uh, in your past? Did you? I was a fan of the character, yeah. And and it was just, you know, I was doing Pad Smash at the time. This show had hit its point where I, I wanted to walk away for a while. And it was just, it, it started with an idea. And I really thought it through and decided, you know, I, I can do something with this character. And there wasn't really a show doing what I was doing with the character. So it seemed like the door was open. And there's alliteration. That, that's the funny thing is um, Michael Bailey pointed out that the name sounds like Bailey's Batman podcast. Exactly. And that wasn't a coincidence. It was, it was a placeholder name when I was trying to come up with something better. And I said it to my friend Lee Busman. He's like, I'd be down with DDP. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, I'm going to keep this name. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. You know, and it's just kind of amazing that it was even available. You know, names like Bob and Dave and Steve, they're pretty common names. So for you to actually be able to get Dave's Daredevil podcast, that was pretty cool. And your timing could not have been better. Incredible. Yeah. I don't know if if it had been announced yet. I think it was announced as I was working on some of the episodes ahead of release Mm. that that the Netflix series was coming. So it was, you know, it was coincidence, kind of like this show. When I started Superman Forever, there were just rumblings about the Man of Steel. Right. You know, it's pretty amazing uh, on Daredevil just for a few seconds here. I haven't watched the second season yet. I'm holding that when I have a chunk of time because I know it's not going to be one of those things where I can just watch an episode a night or something. I think I'm going to have to, once I get started, I'm just going to binge. That's what I did for the first season. I thought, (laughs) first season, I thought, uh, that's exactly what I thought. I'll, I'll watch one or two episodes late night and that'll be my thing and it'll take me, you know, whatever to get through it and that'll be fine uh but no when it was like a friday night i i started and thought by sunday i was done i was done i thought oh my god i watched the entire daredevil series in one or season in pretty much a weekend and wow it's it's intense it's better than i ever thought it could be and season two just continues that well I had no idea. I hadn't read credits or looked anything up about it. I just knew it was on, right? So I didn't know who any of the actors were that were playing any of the part. I didn't know who was in the show. I just knew Netflix is going to do Daredevil. I thought, okay, that'll be cool. Can't wait to see that. And when Vincent D'Onofrio showed up as Kingpin, oh, my God. Okay, buckle in, boys and girls. (laughs) And that car scene with the car door. Holy moly. It's funny you mentioned that because I, I mentioned Lee Busby, who I used to do Pad Smash with. Mm. And I remember him texting me about the beginning of the episode. And I told my wife, uh, here in about 45 minutes, I'm going to get a text about that scene. <laughs> sure yeah. enough. Holy crap. Decapitation by car. <laughs> <laughs> no. Incredible scene. He's just, uh, I'm a big, big, huge fan of Law & Order Criminal Intent. And uh, D'Onofrio just just eats up the screen when he's on. You just can't take your eyes off of him. He's just so good. And every night, uh, the CW locally here, whatever, or WUPV locally, um, the CW, they show reruns of Criminal Intent every night at 10 o'clock. And the other night, uh, I had to um, text uh, Michael Bailey that uh, Kingpin and Lex Luthor's father were having a little fight on criminal intent. Because on Smallville, Glover, what's uh, the guy that played John Glover? John Glover 
was on Law and Order Criminal Intent opposite uh, D'Onofrio, the two of them going at it. <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing watching those two guys just chew up the scenery on that show. It was amazing. Let's talk a little Superman. A lot of people think because I switched over to doing Dave Daredevil podcasts, I don't maintain my Superman fandom. Far from the truth. <laughs> right. Well, uh, those of us who keep up with you know that. And uh, uh, let's go back way back, even before Superman Forever. Um, what's your earliest? How did you come to Superman? What was Superman to you? Were you a kid? Was Is it something that's been around for a while? or He's always been around. I think some of the earliest memories are uh, Bozo the Clown would play the old uh, filmation, Super, Superman and Batman, Superboy cartoon. Mm. And I think it would alternate uh, depending on the portion of the episode. But when he did the Superboy cartoons, I was hooked because Superboy was exactly what, a, you know, I was a kid. Here was a guy, a kid with a dog, with superpowers, with parents. Mm. And that, of course, led to Superman. And, of course, uh, Christopher Reeve Superman was a big influence. But Superboy was my was the one that hooked me. And uh, if you've ever watched those Filmation cartoons, they're on YouTube. They're not on DVD yet. Yeah, they should be out on DVD. I they wish they would. Be, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But they, from a technical point standpoint, they weren't good. Uh, no. But they're fun. They're no. still, they've got a charm, kind of like the old Superman, uh, New Adventures of Superman cartoon. You know, they tried. At least, you know, in still frames, it doesn't look as bad. The animation was technically, it was just not very good animation. Uh, but, you know, a soft spot, I have to watch them, you know. Well, what's available? I have the, the Batman uh, series on DVD, uh, both uh, volumes of Superman, Aquaman, mm. and then there were, they did uh, various DC heroes. So they did a Justice League. They did a Flash, Green Lantern. They're not, you know, from a, again from a technical standpoint, they're they're pretty shoddy because that's mm. what filmation is known for. But <laughs> right. they've got charm, and charm goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's Superman, you know. It's Superman. So, uh, and his regular main cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, comic books. Would you read comics as a kid? Was that something you were into as a kid? Oh yeah, almost oh, certainly. Mm-hmm. I learned to read very early because of comic books. Well. Along with comic books. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Um, it was those first comics I found in my cousin's trunk at the age of four uh, that I thought, I need to figure out what all these little squiggly things are. Apparently, they're words, and they mean stuff to go along with yeah, the pictures. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, reading... Sesame Street to fill in the gaps. Right. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of my... Uh, grandfather's barn and the trunk full of comics uh that was 19 that was the summer of 1956 when i read my first or started learning learning to read my first superman comic book and since we're in the year 2016 that was 60 years ago folks and wow. yeah <laughs> so uh a special episode this summer probably june or july of this summer, I'm going to uh, take at least one episode of the Superman Forever podcast, and we're going to talk in detail about one or two of those comics in that trunk. I've only mentioned what they are. I haven't actually done a synopsis or go into any details about them. And uh, I think this summer, being it's my 60th year reading comic books, <laughs> I might take a look uh, at some of the first comics I read. So. Wow. Time, time flies. It's the whole toilet paper thing. 
when you get to when you get to the last part of the roll, it rolls faster. <laughs> a lot that just flies off. In fact, it's hard to keep it on the roll. I remember in 2014, it was the the 25th anniversary of the Tim Burton uh, for me. Wow! And I thought I have a frame of reference for something 25 years ago. Wow! Something that I coherently remember. Right. And suddenly it was a whole new ball game from then on. <laughs> Was Superman among one of the first comics you started reading because of the filmation when you had a chance to start reading comics? Um, I would, yep, I would pick up Superman. I mean, I mean, we were in spinner rack era. Right. So it'd be whatever's on the rack. So if, it, you know, I would pick up Superman. Uh, I didn't pick up Batman all that often. Mm-hmm. Um, but Superman was one of the main ones that if I saw it there, I would grab it. Uh, any- it was kind of a. I'll go ahead. I was going to say, did you did you establish any kind of brand loyalty at that point? Uh, did you know the difference or care between DC and Marvel? Yeah, I leaned towards DC for a long, long time. So mm-hmm. I knew the difference because of the you know I knew the DC Bullet, right? Um, and I knew the Flash. I mean, you had Super Friends, so you knew the Flash. You knew Green Lantern, Batman and Robin, Wonder Woman. So I definitely leaned very heavily towards DC for right. a long time. Right. Well, you know, it's weird you mention that because I was talking to, uh, well, obviously since Batman v Superman is out and um, been talking to a lot of people about that. But one of the differences is that people mention that uh, possibly DC should have done what Marvel did and have all of the individual characters have their own movie leading up to a Justice League. But in my mind... I think the DC characters, because of some of the stuff you've already mentioned, the the filmation, the cartoons, the the stuff that's been on, I think most people know the DC characters, or at least if they don't follow them, I think they're familiar with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, that kind of stuff, where... Um, you know, Marvel characters, you got to tell them who Hawkeye and Black Widow are. Who They don't know who those people are. And well, you didn't see – I mean you had the Gantry Lawrence cartoons in the 60s that were you know, basically motion comics. Right. And then you really saw – you saw Spider-Man because you had Spider-Man's Amazing Friends, things like that. But other Marvel characters, you didn't really see the ball rolling in that multimedia aspect until the 90s. Exactly. No, they, they actually I think had to do an Iron Man solo uh, – uh, you had to tell the people who this guy was. You know, and to get their attitude. And I think most people know who Superman, Batman, like I said, Wonder Woman, the DC guys, Flash. Uh, so I think, you know, it's one of those things. I don't know, I'm getting, well, there's not really a topic. We're not off topic. There is no topic. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, But it is one of those things where I think those are two separate entities and the two separate approaches are very valid one establish your characters letting them all together to be the avengers the other one is let's show the justice league and then have their individual movies split out from there um Mm -hmm. yeah i i think it's very valid either way and uh kind of looking forward to the justice league movie uh have you seen batman v superman yet i have not yet you're not the only one to ask me i'm I'm going to but i've been pretty busy lately Mm mm-hmm uh, a lot of a lot of stuff going on, good things, um, and then podcast stuff. So, right, just have not gone out to theater yet. I, I knew I wasn't going to see it opening weekend because I had obligations that weekend. I knew it was going to be crowded, and then I just got it got distracted. Right, but you do have plans. Eventually, you'll 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 check it out oh, yeah. eventually. Yeah, I'm going to go see it. I'm obligated. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the, the odd thing is, one of the main reasons is I want to see Wonder Woman next year, and I want to be on the ground floor because. I've seen Superman movies. Right. I could always stand to see more. Right. I've seen Batman movies galore. Right. I've not seen a Wonder Woman on this level yet. Right. 
well, uh, I'll do my, my theater. I'm not going to give you any spoilers or whatever, but my theater, uh, the biggest cheer and the biggest eruption of uh, a cheer is when she made her first appearance as Wonder Woman on screen. And I got a little tingly myself. It was it was it was <laughs> it was pretty cool seeing the three of them up there on the big screen. I must admit. So, um, well, I, I've been I you know I went ahead and just because I knew the internet was going to do it anyway, I voluntarily spoiled myself on the film, so I know hmm. the the major plot twists. So, okay, well, uh, which actually. I'm trying to think, but uh, it, it's one of those things. I actually enjoyed it better the second time. I've seen it twice now, and mm-hmm. and I did enjoy it better the second time because I think I was able the second time to jettison uh, any expectations or baggage that I carried in with me to the first time. So in a way, I did the same thing. I spoiled myself. And for watching it the first time and then thought, okay, okay, let's go back now, jettison all that other stuff, all your expectations, your hopes and your desires, and now just go back and watch the movie and uh, uh, let it come to you. And I did, and I enjoyed it, I think, better the second time. So uh, well, that's what I did with, with Man of Steel because I was telling somebody, you know, I was, I was very anti-Man of Steel. Right. But I wanted to, I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it living in a world where I did not – I couldn't accept this movie. Didn't have to like it. Right. But I had to accept it. I had to have – because it has its place. You know, you look at Earth One, look at Birthright. There are different interpretations. So I yes. went back the second time, went alone, mm-hmm. and just kind of looked for what was good, what was bad. I went in critically like right. I would do for, for any podcast. And there was more to like than the not like. And the stuff that I liked, there's, there are elements in that that I love. Right. So, I mean, at the end, it's, that's where I kind of got, you know, I came to peace with it and like, okay, it's, it's not the abomination I thought it was. There's a lot of good specs in it and it just, I'll never completely agree with the movie, but I don't despise the ending. Right. Yeah, well, there would have been, could have been a different way, but it's not the way they went and they're not going to go back and re-edit it. No, so. they're not. No, no, they're not. And, uh, but I feel the same way and the same way about the, this, uh, Batman V Superman. I went back for the second time and I went alone and, uh, pretty much did the same thing. I sat there and and said, okay, now that we know what's happening, let's just look at it like you would, because you know, you've got a Superman podcast, Bob. You're going to have to talk about this thing. <laughs> you better put some thoughts together <laughs> that make some sense. Now, what do you really think? So I uh, did go back alone, sat there in an afternoon and uh, watched it with about 15 other people. It was an off hour you know, it was a weird middle of the day time, so there was nobody there. And uh, the 20 people behind me enjoyed it, uh, I think, as much as the full house the first night. So uh, it's not for everybody, but uh, uh, it'll be interesting. We'll have to talk about it again after you've seen it, because I think that'll be that'll be interesting, too. Um, you called the ending a long time ago, and I agreed. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm oddly glad they did go that way. Just to justify the the appearance of a certain character. Exactly. And the fact that I've come to terms with that. And uh, I have these dark moments where I think and I project what that could mean for future projects. And Mm -hmm. I saw I could, you know, they could go two ways with, well, they could go many ways. But if they go one way, I'm going to be very depressed and very sad. If they go the other way. It could be absolutely spectacular. 
So I just wish Zack Snyder would keep his mouth shut because he's not helping his case. Oh, man. Tell me about it. Uh, I was on a Two True Freak show the other night, and I think it's been released now. It is, yeah. Oh, okay, good. But that way it was like a nine of us or ten of us talking about um, Batman v Superman. And that's one of my things. I have a certain grade when I came out, but every time I listen to Zack Snyder talk about it, I take off another point (laughs) because he really needs to just – Shut up. Yeah, he he really up. does. Let the movie speak for itself, Zach. Let it speak now, for itself. Now, there's one thing where he did admit, okay, this the 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 moment where Batman and Superman have their, their conflict changes, and we all know the word that changes it. He said, maybe yeah. it was badly communicated, but here's what I meant. Right. And I kind of appreciated that. I'm like, okay, you're, you're admitting that it was not presented in the same way, and maybe the R-rated version will change that. I don't know. Right. I'm actually looking forward to the extended Blu-ray. Uh, because it's weird that that this next sentence will come out of my mouth, but it's too long, but not long enough. Yeah, it's two and a half hours movies. Yeah, yeah it's length is there, but it's missing important pieces. Yes, and, and that's I've, how I felt about Man of Steel too. Is that there were elements that were not that should have been on uh, off of the on off the cutting room floor and back in the film. I agree. There's only one edit I would make, yeah. and that's in the third act. Um, it kind of grinds gears. I mean, the third act kind of stops and goes, but there's just one edit, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, Superman kills Zod, right. does his scream. You have that emotional moment. Right. The next scene is him with General Swanlet dropping the the, the uh, pr- pr- uh, drone. Yes. Great scene. But take that off for just a moment. Yes. Because after that, you move into back into the emotional part where you're back in Smallville, and Clark's kind of gone into exile to figure out where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. So in my cut, it would go from... You know, Zod's death, Clark in exile, figuring out, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be Superman. I'm going to continue this. And then the very last shot, bring back that scene with the drone. So your last shot is of Superman and you feel a little bit better. A little bit better. So you I walk agree. out. Yeah, the last thing you see is Superman being Superman and it felt right. Yeah. It was, just out, it was just in the wrong spot. Yeah. You're right. Good point. I agree with you. It went too quickly into that little, uh, almost a jokey scene at the end. Yeah. But it was a happier scene. Yeah, it was a happier scene, but he he had, you know, there's an indeterminate amount of time from the Battle of Metropolis to where he's he's at in Smallville. Right. And you're free to infer he's gone through his soul searching. He's figured out his direction. And that scene also includes Jonathan Kent seeing him in the cape for the first time, which is one of my favorite, right. favorite scenes in that movie. <laughs> right. So it continues this emotional idea that Clark's going through. Instead of uh, abruptly stopping that and then restarting it. So just one small edit, I think, would change that third act completely. Absolutely. Makes it a little more uh, palatable, too. And kind of finishes it, sums it up, and gets back on track. Uh, Swanwick, by the way, is in uh, Batman v Superman, but he's not a general. He's uh, been bumped up. He's He's now a secretary of something. So what I understand, he's not around for long, though. (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> you'll see. <laughs> oh man! Um, now, when you were a kid and you're and you're looking at comic books, when when did the like? Wow, these are special. I think I'm going to collect these. Are, uh, do you collect, or are you the kind that can read them and then pass them on to other people, or do you have long boxes all over the place? I've got, I'm looking at, I have short boxes, short boxes, easy to store, but I'm looking at my closet. It's open and yeah, it's full of them. 
Um, I'm more of a reader than a collector, uh-huh. but I, I like I'm, – I'm always – I have this paranoid idea that's from the 90s from, from my sheer collecting standpoint that I'm going to want to read this someday. Right. So I don't want to get rid of this yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I have gotten – you know, I do give them away. Um, but where the bug really hit was 1986. Mm. It was about eight years old this summer, uh, so it was before my ninth birthday. Somebody at the American Legion Post left all these coverless comics from the 70s. They were in two milk crates and I think another box, just stacks of them. Wow. And they would sell them at the American Legion gift shop for 50 cents. So I'd get my allowance, which was, I think, $5 and just stock up. Mm. And I st- it was old Marvel, old DC, uh, all circa 1977 or so. Right. And, you know, I started connecting things. It's kind of like when you start learning history, you start seeing the connections from, you know, if you go from World War II history, you can see the connections back to even ancient Rome, right. how humanity develops. This was how comics developed for me. Wonderful. Do you still have any of those old uh, comics, those coverless 70s comics? Not those, no. They've been gone for a long time. Mm. Um, I had a girlfriend that made me get rid of them. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Um, A lot of have been replaced, but that's where I really got to know characters beyond the super friends. That's where I got to know the invaders. Ah, You know, Captain America and Human Torch. Um, It's where I really got to know the Flash. Lois Lane, uh, they had a lot of Lois Lane comics in there. <laughs> so I got to know her, and it just, it was, from there, it just started building. And around that same time was the first time I ever walked into a comic shop, so. That must have been amazing as a kid to walk into a comic shop for the first time. I still distinctly remember it. I remember everything uh, about that day. Apparently, I had the date wrong when I talked about uh, uh, the greatest Superman stories ever told. I was quite adamant. No, it was this year. And I never, <laughs> no, it was the, he was right. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bailey, I apologize. It was 1987. Oh, sorry, Mike. <laughs> but that that book was very important. It's the greatest Superman stories ever told. I saw it on the shelf, and I mean, it sat there for a while mm-hmm. before I before they could I could get them to my my parents or what have you to spring for a book that was ten dollars at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that kind of looks like a serious book too. It's hardcover. It's a real book. Book, but. You know. Well, this one was the soft cover. I finally got it in in '89, mm. and I was I was at a lake, and there weren't another, very many other kids around. There wasn't much to do, so I would sit on the dock, and I would swim. And I'd get up and uh, read, reread, and just go through this book over and over again. And that's that's really where the love affair with Superman began. He was a character I liked a lot as a little kid. He was the superhero. Now he was just a character that I wanted to know more and more and more about. Yeah, once and it is weird that when that bug hits, you just it it is kind of almost like a drug. You're obsessed with it. You just want everything. And I know that for me as a kid, getting the allowance, uh, I couldn't wait to get on my bike to get to the three different locations that had spinner racks near me within bike range and they didn't all carry the same comic so you know that's why even to this day i look in my action comics and i've got these holes in the in the silver age there why don't i have those i should have those because i've got the superman and the batman from that same where were the nobody had it it just wasn't there and you know uh there was no comic book shops I remember my first comic book shop was a place called Nostalgia Plus, and this was 70, uh, it probably was in early to, hmm, thinking maybe closer to 74, 73, 74. Uh, I saw their sign out front in one of the little 
uh, strip center is a very small little center. And I went, what is a Nostalgia Plus? I like the name. And when I went, uh, I parked, drove in, because in, in 73 or 4, I was 22 or 3 or something. So I wasn't a kid anymore. And walked in, and they had some toys and stuff, but it was a comic book shop. And I was... I, 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 it, it was, it was, it, it, I, I really was kind of blown away. And I thought, oh my God, I don't have to hit all these little places seeing if they have them on the spinner racks. This guy has them. And he said, hey, if there's anything you're interested in, tell me what you want and I'll get it for. What? 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 You, you can, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and if you get 10. I'll give you 10% disc. What? <laughs> so it, it, it just changed. Everything changed at that point. Yeah. And well, then you could also be introduced to characters that wouldn't appear on the newsstand. Exactly. And, and their adventures. Like for me, that's how I got into the phantom mm. because there were, there was a cartoon in the eighties called defenders of the earth that team phantom Mandrake and flash Gordon. Mm. They made action figures. Cool. And here was this action figure, and I, I'm like, I would like to buy that. And they're like, do you even know who that is? I'm like, well, he's the Phantom. He's the ghost that walks. He, <laughs> I explained it to him. And, and the, moment, the moment that changed me forever, probably, was that the, the girl just looks over to her coworker and says, he's one of us. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow. And I was, I was all of 10, so that meant I, I, was, I was part of the in crowd. The yes. in crowd is comic book nerds. So. <laughs> yes. Well, I loved it, and eventually, you know, moved to a different comic shop, and, you know, once, I'm still surprised that here in Richmond, Virginia, uh, I know of four comic shops uh, that are not that far away. The furthest away is maybe 15 or 20 minutes, so uh, I have a lot of comic shops, but I'm all digital now. I have totally gone digital, um, which is very weird makes Wednesdays a whole different ball game now you know you're not going out anywhere I'm saying okay is it online yeah they have it yet? yep there it is okay push buttons on the iPad yeah that's it do you think do you think that loses something uh I think it does both I think it it loses and gains I am trying things that I wouldn't have tried otherwise but I don't get them new so I'm, I'm not paying full price uh for um comics I just want to try out um in fact, the only I'm, ones I'm getting on day one now of New Comic Day is my Superman con. Getting Superman in action and uh, Lois and Clark and a, a, a few current comics. But uh, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, for me, the tablet is what saved my life as far as reading with my poor eyesight. I can't read a normal comic anymore. And I don't have one of those... Uh, uh, there's a device that's made. It's basically a TV screen with a camera on it. You can put your reading device. It's meant for text under it, a book, and it just projects it on the screen and you can zoom in. I don't have one of those. They're like five, six grand or more. I've seen them go for, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000, depending on the quality of the camera and the monitor and stuff. Um, but for me, the, the, the saving grace was getting a tablet a few years ago, uh, a 10-inch tablet, uh, because it's got terrific zoom. I can zoom now and put, a, a, you know, one speech bubble can fill my 10-inch screen, and with a magnifying glass, I can read that sucker uh, slowly, 
but I can read it. And uh, uh, so now, you know, the paper comics were basically for the collection. I was doing this. My Wednesdays used to be going to the comic shop, getting the new paper comics, coming home, bagging them, boarding them, uh, adding them to the database, putting them in the long box, getting online and downloading the digital version to read and putting that on the tablet to read because uh, that's how I can actually see it. So, Mm -hmm. but now uh, I got to a point in the new 52 where my subscriptions got to all the number fifties. And that's where the subscriptions ended. And I thought, you know, I'm not doing it anymore. No more paper, no more double buying comics, um, digital and paper paper to collect and digital to read. So, uh, the collection now paper wise, other than old comics, I'm still, I'll still fill in my, you know, I'm a collector, so I'm still going to try to fill in and look for those comics that I want to fill in my holes and stuff, but new comics. Now I'm strictly digital. I'm all digital on new comics now. And see, I am, I'm kind of out of the running. DC has kind of put me out to pasture. Right. They've done, they did good things, bad things with the new 52 enough that it just cancels out, but it just wasn't for me. Right. For a while I was, I had a pull box with Marvel and I would get the physical cause you have the digital read the physical the first time, usually just make a couple hours out of the house and relax and read. Right. I would give the physical away, download the digital for rereading. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the best of both worlds until common sense caught up with me. <laughs> I realized I have Marvel Unlimited. If I just wait six months, I've already paid for these. Right. It'll already be there. Yeah. And Marvel Unlimited has completely changed the game. It really has. Uh, I have seen so many of my friends, particularly Facebook friends and comic book friends, and a lot of them who are uh, you know, primarily DC guys – are using now the Marvel Unlimited thing to catch up and go back and say, okay, maybe I do want to read this guy's run of Captain America from 1980 or whatever. And and uh, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. This is a subscription service. I think it's a terrific idea. I'm thinking if DC did it, would I be a subscriber? I would be day one. Would you? Because it can only get better. Marvel Unlimited has, and... With Marvel Unlimited, if you think about it, it's 70 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a paid advertisement, just for those that right. wonder. Right. 70 bucks a year. If you run that about 12 months, you're looking at about 5 to $6. That's mm-hmm. the cost of two comics. Two comics, yeah. Per month. That's true. And for me, that was that, and those prices are going up. So you could even, Marvel Unlimited could raise the price and I would still be fine because you just have to wait six months. And that includes Star Wars. Amazing. So everything uh, that Marvel publishes ends up in their Marvel. Uh, uh, unlimited from a, from a certain point. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. filling in gaps like this week. They added some Dr. Strange and I was so excited. Well, another good timing. I think he might have a movie coming out. He might. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. So especially since, uh, Cumberbatch is going to be doing him. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. I really like him a lot. So his take on strange should be interesting. Well, it, and so that kind of brings, Brings me to a point where I just just a thought that popped to me is how different my reading is now than it was when I was doing this show. Somebody asked me if I would ever do another Superman show, and I'm I don't know I haven't ruled it out. It's, <laughs> right. it's on the horizon. Right. But you know now I'm I'm reading a lot of Marvel. If you look at my collection, it's a mixture of DC and Marvel. I think that opened a door, 
And I was kind of explaining that the difference between doing, say, Daredevil versus doing Superman is with Daredevil, I'm talking about a character. I'm talking about human emotions. With Superman, I was preparing a sermon. Because <laughs> right. I, I review that character so much. He's my favorite right. character. And Michael Bailey coined the term Superman apologist. And that was the attitude I had with this show is you should like Superman. Here's why. Right. And it's kind of a dangerous attitude to come in with. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. My, my attitude was a little different. Mine was pretty much, I love this character and here's why. I think if you just listen to my show over a time period, you might, you know, if I'll stop griping about new 52 long enough for you to <laughs> listen, uh, that's something else, by the way, that will be a change. I noticed that, uh, I did two or three shows in a row that were basically gripe fests about DC, you're just terrible, and DC, you don't know what you're doing, and DC, and Dan Didio, you guys are idiots, and why don't blah, 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 blah. And I thought, while I was editing them, I'm thinking, Bob, just shut the hell up. <laughs> if you don't like it, don't read it. Talk about stuff you do like. So uh, for 2016, you're going to get a lot more of the stuff that Bob likes about DC and very little about uh, what I don't like because it just wasn't fun. I don't, I don't want to complain about Superman and DC, you know? I want to love this character and I want to love what they're doing with it. And what I've seen from Rebirth looks like they may have listened to some of us and are going to try, it may end up being nothing but, you know, throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks. Um, but if you're a pre-crisis Superman, you're going to have one of those guys. You're going to have a, um, uh, a Superman married to Lois with a kid. You're going to have a Superman who is a young guy uh, in Asia who comes across Superman powers. So you're going to have, a. I think they're doing like six or seven different Superman titles. Four of them are going to be shipping twice monthly. I don't know how they're going to do that. I don't know how people are going to afford that. <laughs> well, you see, to me, that's why I, I saw their announcement where they were dropping the prices from $3.99 and $4.99 to $2.99 across the board. And I went, yay. And then they said, and we're shipping them twice a month. And I went, whoa, wait, oh. what? No, <laughs> no. Because then that goes from, let's see, it was six or now it's going to, no, no, that's more money. That's not less money. And I don't know how they're going to keep that schedule. My uh, opinion, strictly opinion, is that it's going to be kind of like the New 52 when they're they're really excited. They're going to get me and a bunch of people. Let's jump on and see what all these new things are. And we're trying them. And six months, a year into it, uh, action will no longer be shipping twice a month. And neither will Superman. And Trinity will have finished its run. And who knows? I, I think it's maybe to get things jump started or something because i don't know how anybody can afford these things these comics are uh incredibly expensive yeah three bucks a pop i mean i remember as they say back in my day it was back a dollar i would have a five dollar allowance and you know i'd have five titles coming out a month yep so I, I would have enough to get my you know once a week get whatever title came out one or two go over have my ice cream read my comics mm-hmm now, I mean, you, you've pretty much eaten that up with just one issue. <laughs> yeah, easily. And uh, there's some guy, and I forgot his name, but there is this um, comic book collector's website or Facebook site 
And this one guy is very funny. He puts up uh, once a week or once a month, he'll put up uh, comics that were released on that day 50 years ago, like in 1960-whatever. And and he'll list all the comics that came out there. And it might be 10 or 11 comics, uh, well, whatever, that, that he mentions. And he said, cost at the time, uh, $1.53. Uh, adjusted for inflation, $7.43. Today's prices, $74.83. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's outrageous. As fewer people read, prices go up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually talked to a guy online because we were having this discussion about um, one of the problems that comics has is that kids are not reading comic books. Um, Digital might help. But they're still very expensive. And, you know, I can't imagine, you know, it was one thing for me as a kid coming to my parents and saying, here, I want these five comics. Can I have 50 cents? It's another thing saying, I want these five comics. Can I have $25? (laughs) What? (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's a a huge, huge difference. And I'm thinking you're not going to get kids in to the field. That's why the comic buying public today is a 35 to 40 year old man with expendable income. It's so you've met me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's not kids. And, uh, I'm thinking, well, how do you get kids in? You give them something, one that's accessible, check out counters at Walmart, um, a little rack right along the bottom that has Superman and Batman comic books that were written for them, published for them on low grade disposable paper pulp, like old comic books, like funny books, make them old comic books, make them 50 cents, even a dollar, but 50 cents for a cheap pulp comic book and uh the guy told me in the business said we can't do that pulp paper is practically as much now as the glossy high-end paper that he said just changing the paper would not decrease the cost the costs are in the talent he said we can't get a guy to draw a comic now uh that would sell for 50 cents or a dollar you can't do it I believe it because we have superstar writers, artists. Exactly. We've we've got a we've got a, a basically a atmosphere of let's treat them like royalty. Exactly. Let's treat them like celebrities. When you know somebody like Kurt Swan was never treated like a celebrity, you wouldn't recognize him in the street. No, of course not. And they kicked him out unceremoniously in 1986. Thanks for writing this story or drawing this wonderful, gorgeous story. Your talent is still there. This is the most beautiful thing you've ever drawn, practically. Oh, and by the way, it's the last thing you're going to draw for us. Bye. Yep, there's the door. Yeah. Well, actually, to that end, I'm glad you you brought up the New 52, and I'm actually, even though I don't, it's not my cup of tea, I'm glad it happened. Mm -hmm. This is going to sound strange. You know, when I first heard the announcement, I was angry. Yeah, I kind of cooled out. I gave it a try. I did the show New New Fifty Two Adventures of Superman. I liked a lot of it. Mm-hmm. It just petered out over time. But what it had me do is, if there's not a Superman I like on on the stands, well, where is the Superman I like? Right. And I sought out the uh, the ascent, not the essentials. Um, Showcase presents volumes, uh, the the omnibus editions, mm-hmm. and suddenly I f- I fell back in love with the stuff that I liked as a kid. The stuff yes. I was reading. And it brought me back, This, you know, helped me define completely what Superman I like. Yes. 
Well, I, it's, I'm in the same boat. That's why I say I think, you know, the rest of the year it's going to be a lot more positive Superman forever. Not that the other shows were, have been down, but there have been a couple, like I mentioned, where I was not a happy camper. And I happened to turn the microphone on and let everybody know why I wasn't a happy <laughs> camper. Um, you know, but I have been refinding my joy as well in the comics. Uh, um, you know, reading comics, one that uh, I just loved as a kid. You know, uh, I just started looking through covers, you know, just Superman covers because uh, I was on a show not too long ago and they were kind of making fun of the Silver Age. And there's a lot to make fun of in the Silver Age. I understand that. And people will point to certain stories in the Silver Age, Turtle Boy or something, and they'll I say, Turtle Boy. I know, I know, so do I. And, you know, but I'm a big Jimmy Olsen fan. I love Jimmy Olsen. But anyway, so people will make fun of Silver Age comics. And uh, as Michael Bailey is a, an overall Superman apologist, I kind of have been the Silver Age apologist here because um, I just want to, you know, anytime I hear somebody say, oh, and they point out a story where, you know, I don't know, something silly happens. Lois, the whole story based on Lois Lane trying to figure out Superman's secret identity, uh, which brings up another whole topic. But, um, you know, I think, well, true, that story is is really silly, okay? But that was one 8 to 12-page story of three that that same guy wrote in that very comic. Mm-hmm. And that was one comic of four that came out that month. So that one guy wrote 12 stories that month on time. And the artist got it out on time. Exactly. And he wrote a story that made a little kid think for a second. Okay. And entertained that kid. So yes, you're going to find some silly, silly stories. You're going to find some red kryptonite stories. You're going to find some secret identity stories silly stories you're going to find jimmy olsen turning into turtle boy or elongated man or whatever you're going to find all those stories but you're also going to find and for every one of those that you can point out to me i will point out another one that will be like the death of superman or uh superman going back to krypton or red and blue or i mean i can go down the list hundreds and hundreds and I just looked at the covers the other night and just the covers from say 1960 to 1965. I just look at those and go, wow, that was a great story. Oh God, that was a great story. Ooh, can't wait to read that. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm not going to be totally a silver age, uh, podcast because I'm also going to do birthright later this year. I'm going to do, uh, for all seasons stuff that, um, makes me happy when I read it that that's a great attitude just this stuff makes me happy here's why exactly and you mentioned superman red and blue my favorite superman story is red and blue oh god wasn't that a great story it just well, i just feel like that was the perfect ending yes to, to the silver age superman i mean everybody yes. raves about whatever happened to the man of tomorrow here's a better ending this is the more silver age ending where everybody wins yes yes in fact to me dc should have re- just reprinted that story Mm-hmm. For 423 and whatever, when instead of whatever happens to the man of tomorrow, which I hate, except for that incredible, gorgeous Kurt Swan artwork. Uh, and even in the second part, uh, which has some Schaffenberger inking and stuff, uh, that was DC saying here, 
you guys are leaving now, but we'll let you draw our last little story where we kill off everybody that anybody in the Silver Age loved. So, no, I hated that story with a passion. Um, I didn't hate it, but you put it up against Superman and Superman Blue, and it's, uh, it's not the ending that Superman deserved. It is not. He deserved the Superman Red, Superman Blue ending. Uh, it was a happy ending, but... Everybody got what they wanted. Lois got her Superman. Lana got her Superman. It was perfect. A Jimmy beautiful got Lucy. Jimmy <laughs> got Lucy. Yeah, it all perfectly worked. And Candor. I mean, everything about that was just such a good, good, good story. And um, but that's the kind of thing I'm going to be doing this year is talking about the stuff that really just. You know, puts big smiles on my face when I think of Superman and bring in some other people. I'm going to hopefully bring in some more people back here, um, you know, uh, to talk about some of these things with me. Because when we get into some of the other stuff with the post-crisis Superman and some of the Elseworlds or Earth One or Birthright or Superman for All Seasons or some of these things that were, quote, not canon, but parts of them kind of slipped into canon. We're going to talk about some of that stuff too. Um, so, as far as, as far as the show, how did you first discover this show? It was weird. I've been listening to podcasts a lot, lot longer uh, than obviously I've been actually producing them. But it's weird. I was listening to a lot of other podcasts, NPR stuff, and just all. And it just for some reason, I'd be going to the Superman homepage. But it never occurred to me to actually look for Superman podcast. I don't know why. It was just so weird. And uh, then I did a, a search, and I found Billy Hogan. I think Billy Hogan's Superman fan podcast was the first one I actually downloaded and listened to and got all excited. One of the first Superman podcasts overall, Billy Hogan was the pioneer. He was just, he was there and doing an indexed show chronologically of the Silver Age comics. I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Here is a guy who is actually uh, not just doing a brief synopsis. He was doing in-depth coverage issue by issue of my favorite comics. I couldn't believe it. I'm listening to him, and I'm going to my long boxes now and pulling out a stack of 50-year-old comics and stacking them up. It's because I didn't have a tablet. And I'm so I'm thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I'm listening to Billy's show and looking at the comics and going, and I'm thinking, this is great, this is great. So I went back and started looking at that point for other. And this was early in his run. So uh, you were not doing this show, Um uh, Michael and Jeffrey had just basically started their show, uh, and uh, that was it. So once I was into the Superman podcasting world, I started sending emails and you know sheepishly, you know, under anonymous names or pseudonyms, talking to Michael Bailey on the homepage, and um, and then as soon as your show started, uh, it. At that point, I'm, you know, any Superman show that started, it just got added to the list. And I loved your take on it. That was, um, I think that's the thing that's just, I liked about you as a podcaster anyway, is your wit, the way you do the stuff. And it's, you, you, you've got this really great kind of dry wit and you'll throw stuff in that you're onto your next sentence and I'm still laughing. 
Because, <laughs> you know, it just, well, oh, I see what you did there. I saw that. That was cool. So It didn't start out that way. I went back and re-listened to the first episode, and, and I remembered all the ideas I had. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great. I'm going to feel smooth. And, and I listened to it. I'm like, why do you keep saying um? um and just stuff, stuff you learn to get rid of over time. Right. And well, the, it was just driving me crazy. <laughs> well, I think it's funny. After I had done, uh, I guess I was on my third or fourth uh, episode. And I posted to Facebook that I can now visually recognize me saying the word um mm-hmm. in, in the editor. I don't even have to hear it. I can see it when I'm editing now, and I know that's an um. Oh, there's an and um. Good. <laughs> so, but uh, editing is one of those things that uh, it's it's a it's a it's a necessity. I think you need to do it. Yes. And as, but as you said at one time, it's it's the adult part of podcast. It is. It is. You 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 you, you got to put your big boy pants on. <laughs> well, that's what editing is for. And you you mentioned though um, of the other Superman podcast starting, and that that was the weird thing is it kind we just kind of stumbled into this Renaissance time. Yes, where I started my show. Charlie started Superman in the Bronze Age. Um, you had from Crisis to Crisis. You just started, and that's where the Superman Podcast Network came in. Yeah. It was such a cool time to be on the ground floor. It was very cool, and um, as a listener, to have all you guys, it was so cool. And for a time, I could literally go era to era with uh, mm-hmm. with Michael Bradley and John Wilson's Golden Age Superman to Billy Hogan. Those were the two I was trying to think of. Yeah, thank Right? You. They were doing the Golden Age separately. The two guys, Michael Bradley and John M. Wilson, were doing Golden Age Superman shows separately, covering the same material, but you could listen to both of those shows right back to back and totally different take and very funny i think john was keeping a kill count of all of the people that superman either directly killed or was indirectly responsible for uh could have saved that plane superman oh but they were bad guys no big loss <laughs> so just loved it so you could do that you could go from uh the golden age superman to billy hogan doing his silver age to charlie doing bronze age you and john John then started up uh, with Charlie uh, doing a new 52 and uh, Superman. And that was right when we were all really into the new 52 and it's all starting and Grant Morrison's run. And, and uh, I was loving that and that show. Cause um, I like Grant Morrison and, and um, some people don't, some people do, you can love him or, you know, whatever, but uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a I'm a guy that follows a character. I like Superman and DC, so I hope that they get a good writer on him. It's not like, oh, Grant Morrison's writing Superman. I guess I'll go read some Superman now. I don't. That's not, I don't follow the writer. Um, I think comics are might be different in that era because um, if you're if you read novels, you might like Neil Gaiman or whatever, you have a a favorite novelist and you'll read whatever that guy writes. But in comics, that's not necessarily true. You might like Flash and hope that a good writer comes on to write Flash. So uh, when the New 52 started, and then the three of you guys were doing that New 52 podcast. Man, was I talk Talk about talking back to a podcast you're not on. (laughs) (laughs) Man, when you guys were doing that. But at but that's true because of the Superman podcast network and, and that kind of a renaissance thing happening with all of that. 
there were at least a dozen Superman podcasts that were being put out on a regular basis. And it was fun. It was exciting. There were different takes on it. Uh, now, of course, uh, Michael has moved on to do some. Michael Bradley is doing some other things. John M. Wilson and I are doing giant Superman podcasts together where we take a look at the Silver Age of Superman through those giant annuals, those 80-page uh, giants. And that's a lot of fun. As you know, you've recorded with John M. Wilson before. He's Oh, yes. <laughs> he, he's... <laughs> yes, he is. Somebody explained him perfectly as a content generator. You know when you're sitting down with John, <laughs> this conversation is going to go for a while. It's going to go. Uh, yeah, he's he's fun to, to podcast with. You know, it's kind of weird because, you know, as far as comic book guys, holy mackerel. Here's a guy who came to comics fairly late in his life. He's working to make up for that. Oh, my God. Is he catching up or what? He is. Yeah, his reading projects are amazing. It's staggering. Absolutely staggering. And he retains it. That's the thing that, that is staggering to me is that he'll pick something out, you know, a sentence or two from a panel and say, see, I told you Red Kryptonite first appeared here. At a certain... We're going through this thing now where we're trying to define the first instance where it was not the, quote, heat from the x-ray vision, but heat vision itself. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. But that's a fun show. Uh, we're doing that monthly. That's Superman-based from the Giants, and we've done the first two annuals. And uh, we're basically doing half of each annual per episode. If that makes sense. Each annual has eight to ten stories in it. And I thought at first we'll just do quick synopses and talk about it. And we can knock out. We can do the whole annual on each episode, John. No problem. Yeah, until we talk three hours for the first four stories of the first <laughs> episode. Okay, no, this is going to be each book is going to be a two parter. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm having fun doing that. But uh, but that's what I'm getting at is the the, the fact that. There is so much to talk about with this great character that it sustained easily a dozen different podcasts. Uh, I loved it. And that's how I basically, to answer your question, how I found this show <laughs> was uh, because of the Superman homepage and me finding all those other stuff. So as soon as you started this, I was I was ground floor. I was there. And uh, so I had listened to every one of your shows. That's why... After that Man of Steel thing that we did on the Two True Freaks, I guess it was a couple of weeks after that, that uh, you offered me this show. And my jaw hit the ground because I'm thinking, my God, that's 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 like one of my favorite shows. So it was like this double. It was like, oh, no, that means Dave's not really going to do it anymore. Oh, but wait, I am. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little while later. And. The thing is, when we did that show, when we did the uh, 12 Angry Superman, right. you know, Michael and I talked, Michael Bailey and I talked afterwards or messaged and mentioned, you know, I was really impressed with Bob. We weren't sure because, you know, we hadn't heard you. We hadn't heard your voice or I wasn't sure. I'm not going right. to speak for Michael, but we were both really impressed. And, you know, I you, you mentioned you would mention now and then that you were having frustrations with hosting or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I bet he's wanting to do a Superman podcast here. I've just vacated this show. I want to keep the uh, the website going because the emails tied to other things. The site has a brick in Metropolis, Illinois. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to take the site down. Why not see if he just wants to fill in the void there? And you did. And 
I remember the first time I heard the first, uh, it would be 79. 79. Yeah. Before it was released, I sat down and listened to it because I wanted to see kind of what, what your take was. Right. And I got mad. I got angry. <laughs> because I listened to my first episode. I listened to your first episode. My first episode, you kept hearing me say, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yours was smooth. You were talking about finding the, the comics in the barn. You had the yeah. right music. And it just made me mad. And I actually messaged you said, damn it, Bob, you didn't have to hit it out of the park in the first place. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, I was quite nervous because I knew it was different than uh, at that time, all of the other Superman podcasts were doing some sort of an index or they were reading comics and talking about them primarily. That was the main function of most podcasts. And I thought, I'm going to do that. I'm going to talk about comics periodically. But I really want it to be you know, my relationship with this character over these years, because it's not just been the comics, it's been all of it. It's been George Reeves and Christopher Reeve. And it's, you know, it's been all of it. And I want to talk about all of it. And, uh, you know, my first thought, I, I literally paced around and walked around in this house thing. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, I got to do something. I got to do something. Got to do something. <laughs> and the panic and, you know, and <laughs> all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, I have a great wife, and she said, you know, you talk about Superman all the time. Why don't you just turn the mic on and talk and see what mm -hmm. happens? And I went, oh, God, I love you so much. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, when I start, when I first started the show, I didn't I, – I, I, you, you think about things you would do differently. Right. And I look back at the beginning of the show, and there were a lot of things I would do differently. I wouldn't do the news portion mm -hmm. because that's what held me to doing it you know, hand to mouth. Right. I'd record it on Friday, release it on Sunday. And, you know, eventually something's going to go wrong. Um, I would have stacked up a few episodes. I would not have tied myself to index style. I would have done what some of the latter episodes were like the Jimmy Olsen episode I did where I just picked some Jimmy Olsen stories. Right. Um, the Metallo episode was a fun one. If I had it to do over again, it would be more like, here's the topic. Here's Titano. Let's do some Titano stories or, talk about cartoon episodes that had it. I would have done it completely different. Right. Because I would stack too much in an episode. Exactly. And that's kind of what I'm morphing into is that very thing. Thinking, you know, okay, what am I going to talk about? Ooh, Titano's cool. I haven't talked about him yet. And monkeys always are good. So, yeah. But that's a, that's the thing. Not doing an index show and not being tied down. I, I do slip some news in periodically. But it's not... Um, it's not like a regular segment because I knew early on if I did news, that dates it. That puts a time stamp on it. And if you're going to do news, you don't want to put out a show, you know, at the end of the month that talks about something that happened at the first of the month if it's a time thing. So I might do some news, but more reactionary news. This thing happened. How do I feel about that? Well, the other side of the coin for me was – you know, the whole, you know, Man of Steel was progressing. If you listen to the whole lifespan of my part of the show, it's all about Man of Steel in the background. Right. So there was the Sunday where I just finished, I think it was episode 12. It was uploaded. It was going through its paces. And suddenly the news broke that Henry Cavill's been cast. And there I am on the ground floor, the microphone sitting right there. I'm like, let's turn it on and go to town. <laughs> so I think I released a, like a 12.5 later that day. So, you, you know, I was there, you know, when this whole thing began. Right. And here we are two movies later and. It, it was kind of it's a cool little time capsule, but it, not intentionally, but it did end up kind of capturing that lead up to Man of Steel in the aftermath. 
Well, that's one of the things, too, because of the timing. Uh, and I've noticed some other podcasters do this that have portable uh, recorders of some kind, digital recorders, uh, mm-hmm. in the car on the way home after a movie. They're talking about it and and being able to put that kind of stuff up instantly when stuff happens. Uh, and I thought that would be kind of cool to do that. But... Um, you know, I don't know. Because I, I was thinking, how am I going to do a Batman v Superman show? I need to do an episode of some kind. Uh, I've been asked by several people to be on their shows. I've done two of those. Uh, John and I did one with Michael Bailey and uh, Rebecca Johnson uh, about Batman v Superman. Uh, the 12 Angry Superman thing turned around again on the Two True Freaks, but um, there were only nine of us this time. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't going to do it this time, but I thought since that was the first time I actually podcasted, um, you know, and a lot came from that, like this show. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought, you know, yeah, I need to go back and do that with them because, you know, that was the first time. And uh, I literally think, you know, because that happened and like you even mentioned that, you know, hearing it for the first time, you realized that, well, I could talk. So never forget your roots Uh, yeah so it led to this so you know i i I went ahead and did that and uh like last time we talked for five hours and i am stunned that they were able to edit that down because it got um um a little more rambunctious okay yeah than than even the man of steel one people were talking over each other it got a little out of control at a couple of times not not that people were arguing or yelling at each other but it was one of those things where uh uh you know you got nine guys and no strong moderator and no like okay now we're going to talk about batman what you guys think of batman you first it was kind of like at one point everybody wanted to talk about a certain thing at the same time so uh there are a couple of those instances but uh it's a long three-hour discussion about batman v superman with nine guys and i think the overall i think it came out to be five positive uh two mixed and two Absolutely hated it. So, I don't know. That was kind of the same breakdown of the 12. Uh, there were pretty close. Yeah, eight or nine liked it, uh, several mixed, and one or two that just hated it. So, uh, it's very interesting. This this whole thing of Superman, which is a whole other topic of, of what people see in the character themselves, what people actually project on the character so many times um you know there there are i heard the i've heard this phrase when people are talking about superman that well i'm invested in the character i i have put a lot into the character i've seen all the shows and all the movies and bought the comics and i've been doing it for 25 years so my word as a fan means more than you who just saw the Christopher Reeve movie or you who just saw uh, man of steel and loved it and came to it, or you who just picked up new 52 and now think that's the greatest Superman ever. And don't, if you don't know about red kryptonite, then you're not a real, you know what I'm saying? And I hear that sometimes. And to me, if watching Batman V Superman was the first time you ever saw Superman anywhere and you came out of there thinking, wow, I like that guy. And you go out and buy a comic book or 
whatever, buy the DVD and start getting into him and buy T-shirts and stuff, you are now a Superman fan, you know? And I'm not going to cut your fandom down simply because you came to this version of Superman and you don't know who Kurt Schaffenberger is. Well, let me add a caveat to that, though, because there are people who will do that, especially with the Marvel movies. Yeah. They'll go out, they'll, they'll see Captain America Winter Soldier, and then they will go on Wikipedia. And they will try to educate you. Mm. And, and I, you know, somebody who has had that investment. Right. And that sort of attitude is becoming very commonplace now. Somebody was trying to explain to me Deadpool's origin. Mm. And they were – and I'm not even a Deadpool fan. But they were taking it directly from the movie X-Men Origins Wolverine and trying to explain it. Uh. And I'm like, that's not right. And I think <laughs> yeah. the part where my head almost exploded is I, I heard somebody at work. I was just passing by and they said, well – uh, Deathstroke is the poor man's Deadpool. And I, I think I nearly had a stroke because, you know, I just want to go back and explain to them, no, no, Deadpool is a parody of Deathstroke. Of Deathstroke. Yeah. <laughs> and but, but you've got that sort of, I don't want to use the word hipster, um, entitled mentality that, you know, I've gone to see a movie. Right. And I looked at Wikipedia. Well, Wikipedia is great. I'm glad you put in the effort. There's how it's. There's a difference in presentation, though. Yes. To know what happens is one thing. To see how it happens is different. Better or worse, that's, you know, your mileage will vary, but there is a difference. And I appreciate different viewpoints, but those are teachable moments. I just appreciate the sentiment, you know, on that one. It's, it's when somebody gets indignant and tries to explain something and they quickly prove themselves to not know that topic. Right. That's when I'm like, okay, it's time to start out polite. Don't stoop at their level, but... Try to fill them in, give them direction. If they're basically trying to play super fan, and they're re- the more they're talking, the more you realize you've you've viewed a Wikipedia page. Way to go! Are, are Batman fans like this? I don't. I haven't gone over to the Batman world recently. I don't know. Is it, are other fandoms as divided as Superman, or is it because of the stature of Superman that people? Are, more easily project their own thoughts on him thinking this is how he is whereas we can accept everything from a frank miller batman to an adam west batman and think fine those are just two different versions of the guy but they're the same guy whereas superman just removing an article of clothing can cause uh, you know eruptions and and <laughs> it's just amazing i don't what other character is like this. None that I think Batman fans are a different beast though. That I can tell you Batman fans like to tell every other fandom how great Batman. Is. <laughs> well, because he's Batman. No, I I may get in trouble for this, but that's okay. I over the last I believe it's been the last 6 months or so, I I in two instances I've gone out to eat and I was wearing my Captain America jacket mm. or a Daredevil shirt. Marvel characters by the way. <laughs> and somebody will, you know, they'll be polite and right. they'll, they'll like it. And then they'll start telling me about Batman. Hmm. It's happened twice in six months, unprovoked, just wearing the jacket, how human he is. That's, that's kind of the bat. And not all Batman fans are like this. Let's, let's clarify that. Right. But there's a vocal portion of it. And those are the ones, of course, you're going to hear a squeaky wheel gets the grease. Exactly. There's a very vocal portion and that vocal portion is loud yeah. and occasionally obnoxious. So Batman fans are busy kind of 
picking apart other fandoms and trying to explain how great Batman is. Kind of the same to some extent with some Deadpool fans. Mm-hmm. Superman fans, we're, pl- we're, we're, we're just content to bicker amongst ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I, I love this whole thing when people say that uh, they love Batman because he's just a normal guy. He's just a normal guy. There's nothing normal about a guy who can fall out of a jet airplane at 30,000 feet and survive. <laughs> Sorry, when you get pushed through a building, I don't care how much armor you've got, when Superman throws you through a building, every bone in your body is going to be broken, not to mention the concussion you're going to have. I don't care what kind of helmet you've got on, your brain is going to slosh around in there if you're a normal human. You can't jump off of the bat plane 40 feet through plate glass window and not have every bone in your body broken. So, well, I think Andrew Leyland um, on Hey Kids Comics <clears throat> pretty much presented the best argument I've ever heard um, that, you know, most people are saying, well, Batman's human. Bat- Batman's most realistic. No, <laughs> Batman's not, because if you fire a grappling gun, it yanks you up at that. Your, your arm's going to be jumped, you know, knocked out of socket. Right. However, you can't prove that an alien could come to Earth, absorb the yellow sun and become Superman. Exactly. We don't have any proof. No proof. None. Mm-mm. Yeah. If I hadn't been driving at the time, I would have applauded Andy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Andy has done some, speaking of that, Andrew Leyland on Hey Kids Comics with his son, Michael. Um, and Palace of Glittering Delights. And Palace, exactly. Uh, Andy has done uh, some of the best Superman shows I've ever heard. I almost put one of my favorite comics back on the shelves and said, I'm not going to ever synopsize this on my show because... There it is. Andy has done nothing else can be said any better than what he did on that comic. Well, I changed my mind. I'm going to do that's going to be my next show is going to be a comic. But he did it several years ago. So, well, as Andy himself said, probably around the same time, we're all going to we could look at the same issue and have different takes. Yeah, I did. uh, What's so funny about truth, justice and the American way. Mm hmm. And then he had a completely different take. I was more positive. He and Michael tore it apart. And I had to admit, <laughs> they had a lot of points where I'm like, I didn't think about that. that mm-hmm. That's really brilliant. Yeah. So you can, you you know, that was one thing that having the, the podcast network there, you know, you it was for a while getting used to being able to go in different directions. Right. Well, I can't do a post-crisis because Michael and Jeffrey are doing that. Michael himself is like, you got to get out of that mentality. Yeah. You're going to have a completely different take, a different voice. So I would not shy away from covering pretty much anything well that's that's what i have come to in the last you know time periods here uh now that i've gotten to know andrew Leyland and know some of these guys you know um where you know before i may have stayed away from certain things like you say michael and jeffrey are doing in-depth coverage of the crisis superman of that john byrne era 86 to 2000 whatever Superman. They are doing in-depth chronological indexing of that period of time. Mm-hmm. And their death of Superman will never be paralleled pretty much across the board in any comic coverage. Ever, ever. I mean, they're, they're just doing an incredible job over there. But that's not going to keep me, if I want to talk about, you know, uh, an episode of the Mixius Pitalik in Superman Volume 2 from 1995 or something. I can do that because my take on that issue will be totally different than what Michael and Jeffrey are doing with uh, with their show when they talk about that issue. So I've come I've come to that you know uh, uh, 
point of view now in my head that that uh, I can treat my show as my show and not worry about uh, oh gee I don't want to do that because X Y or Z has already done it because um, there are classic stories that we're all going to want to talk about in one way or the other and um, we're all going to have different opinions of them I mean talking about the twelve angry supermen again uh, uh, like I said I did it for the nine angry supermen. <laughs> for Batman v Superman and Paul Spitaro uh, when it was his turn started talking about what he'd liked or disliked about the movie and I realized some of the things that he's saying in a negative uh, 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 way about the movie I totally agreed with him but I liked the movie better than he I mean I'm and I had to say that at one point I thought how can I agree so much with what you just said but disagree with your summation with your the points he made were absolutely spot on but it didn't you know for some reason take away from the overall enjoyment I had of the movie so I think those kinds of things are what what fiction and and liking characters and stuff is really all about and what gives us the opportunity to do that with these podcasts and i think that's the thing that makes podcasting different than any other uh media thing out there we don't have to look at a clock and say well gee it's been nice but we're counting down to the we only got a few seconds left we don't have to do that you know we don't have to 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 make those kinds of uh concessions um, so I don't know where I was going with that other than the fact that, that it, it, it's a fun thing to do. And the fact that at one point with all of those different Superman shows going on, um, that there was still room for me to jump in and do another show covering some of the same material, but in a totally different way. Well, and also to that end, you, you, you make friends you wouldn't otherwise, you mentioned Paul Spitaro. Right. I've been I've been to Paul's house. I got to spend a weekend with him and the other two true freaks. Ah, oh, so envious. I oh, listened to that. I listened to that whole podcast too of you guys. Heard anything yet? <laughs> oh man, I would love to hear the outtakes and some of the other stuff because uh, so envious of you. It sounded like you guys had a really good good time. A lot there. of fun. Yeah. But you know, I would not have met him. He, um, I think, a long time ago, he put an email into a sh- one of the shows. And, you know, I kept hearing him and, and I finally sought him out and realized, oh, OK, I know this guy, um, Michael Bailey. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess, you know, if we're going to throw thanks out. It's a hundredth episode. We should, you know, thank the people that got us here. Uh, absolutely. Michael Bailey um, I, I happened to stumble upon the show or I, I brought it to him on Facebook and he, he told me pimp it out. And, you know, he brought a lot of listeners to it. Charlie Niemeyer, who has been on the show, I, we did Superman in the Bronze Age together. Um, he's now, you know, retired uh, from podcasting, at least raising kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to spend a weekend with Charlie. We went to the Superman celebration. Um, just so many people like yourself, mm-hmm. you know, we just met through this podcast through our shared fandom and we've created this network. And that's the main thing about podcasting, which keeps probably keeps me from, come, you know, from ever actually really fully retiring is just the connections you make. You're not alone in your fandom. Yeah, exactly. And for you know, so many of John us, John M. Wilson, and yeah, <laughs> it's just it's it. getting to meet Michael Bailey on his way up. You know, we're thanking people. Michael Bailey, I can't thank Michael Bailey enough either. The support he's actually given me personally and this show. He uh, will still run promos for the show in in uh, views from the long box and uh, had us on. Um, uh, 
his April Fool's episode of From Crisis to Crisis, John Wilson and I were on. Uh, uh, and mentioning Charlie uh, Niemeyer, by the way, with um, Superman in the Bronze Age. As you mentioned, Charlie has kind of retired to become a, a dad raising his kids. He now has two kids. Uh, I think he, when he and Angie said, hey, let's have some kids. They, they, they got right on. They got right on that thing, didn't they? They just said, hey, let's have some kids. So that's something fun. But Charlie, I'm sure, and I'm going to talk to you right now, Charlie, because I know you're listening. Um, get that mic out of storage. I got some stuff I want to And I know kids, but we'll do it in a, we'll do a real quick one one day when the kids are down or something, Charlie. <laughs> Shh. Because I want Charlie on the show, too. Um Great guy, done a great show. If you haven't heard those shows yet, you need to go back and listen to Charlie's Superman in the Bronze Age. They're all out there. The beauty of the internet. Yes, indeed. This is this is a little different, but when Man of Steel came out, because of the buildup to Man of Steel, and I think several of us in the in the Superman community kind of had this, and I tried to uh, temper that for Batman v Superman, but I know a, 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 many of us were so pumped, so excited, so up so full of anticipation for the man of steel movie that we took a lot of baggage into that movie i know i did Mm -hmm. and um took a while to figure it all out and and this is this may sound like a weird question to you but was your initial disappointment in the movie did that have anything to do with you putting this show on hiatus for a while or was that something you had been thinking about doing anyway? And then the Man of Steel kind of added to that. A little of column A and a little of column B. I, I had been considering putting the, you know, go ahead and bring it to a close at episode 75, which felt right. It was 75th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd been in the back of my my mind because um, it was, I hadn't quite gotten the stride as a, a solo podcaster. At least I didn't feel like it. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't so much the disappointment in the movie. It was the the chaos that ensued after. And the, a lot of things were said. I said a lot of things. And I you know, I felt like, you know, I'm kind of becoming a jerk on this. <laughs> and I kind of wanted to take my fandom back. Because when you're doing a podcast about a character, you're exposed. That fandom is exposed, good or bad. Right. And I kind of wanted Superman to not be right there on the pedestal where somebody could knock it over, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I wanted I wanted to go back to my fandom. Um, in that environment and I just kind of shuttered it and I was going to try to push through, but just didn't feel it anymore. And that was, it was just, everything came together at once mm-hmm. because, uh, I think you're right. It wasn't necessarily the movie at that, uh, excuse me at that point, but the blowback and some of the, the, the stuff that happened in fandom after man of steel, I don't think I'd ever seen anything like that before. I thought New 52 was bad when it started with fans loving or hating and yelling about the trunks gone and trunks, no trunks, this and that. And, um, and, uh, but it was fandom that just for some reason it was, it literally like, it was like someone took a sword and just cut us right in half mm-hmm. uh, uh, for that movie. And it wasn't, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that one of the frustrating bits was when you, when it was split in half, you know, I wasn't favorable at first. And people kept telling me, well, you, you you want the Christopher Reeve. You want – I believe the term hipster fan was the one that bothered me. Oh, right. And one of the accusations was you just want your Christopher Reeve movies. Mm. If you listen to my show, 
my point of view was we need a fresh start. Right. I was supportive and I felt like these were people who were listening to the show. This wasn't just random people. Right. And I felt like that accusation just that was the moment it snapped. I'm done. You know, that was the moment I'm like, you've clearly not listened to what I've said over the last few years. It's time to move on. Well, that's what I was getting. That's exactly the 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 thoughts from the other side. A lot of times, were saying it, it had got to a point, gotten to a point where you couldn't give any kind of constructive criticism because a certain faction would go the other way. Either saying uh, you just wanted Christopher Reeve. That's all you want. And but the other side was it was doing just the opposite of that. Well, it's also a, it's a different era to begin with. This totally is, different. Was, we have a whole generation since the the Donner uh, movies wrapped. Yes. So it was time for a new Superman, a new take, a new aesthetic. We got that. I just didn't like some of the the chunks of that take we got. And I believe my exact first review was I was underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And that's because we went in with that baggage you talked about. I expected, right. you know, up here, I got about middle of the road. Right, right. Well, uh, I had the same kind of thoughts. I didn't know what to think right up, you know, and at the moment of the snap, um, my thoughts were not, oh, God, Superman just got rid of Zod. My thoughts were of, oh, God, the fandom is going to go, this is going, this, oh, my God. I was thinking more of what the reactions were going to be than what I just saw on the screen. It was weird. And sure enough, get back, start reading the internet, and kaboom. Um, And it was really funny, my reaction coming out of Batman v Superman. Oh, you haven't seen it. Maybe I shouldn't say that part. It's okay. You can can tell me. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's really – so we watched the movie. We come out of the movie. And we saw it here, the first airing of it, the first showing in Richmond. So it was a Thursday night, a 6 p.m. show, which, uh, you know, the official opening was for the following night, the Friday night. But we went to the Thursday, first show in Richmond, packed house, place was absolutely packed. And, um, you know, pretty good response throughout from the crowd of the movie throughout the entire thing. And then it ended with that ending and uh this is batman v superman the new one currently out there and that ending and uh we sat through the credits sat there and watched everybody else was leaving but we sat there quietly my wife we didn't say a word sat there walked out of the theater there was the line of the people waiting to get in to see the next one long line people everywhere it was really packed we walked through the all the way through the mezzanine area all the way back out to the parking lot, walk to her car. Neither one of us has said a word to each other. We get in the car and my wife uh, puts the key in the ignition. And just before she turns it, she looks over to me and says, you know, he's not really dead, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Because, you know, she's thinking I was really upset because of the ending. The the calm before the storm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, so, um, you know, my initial thought was, yeah, I know, I know he's not, but what about Clark? And that brought up the whole other discussion, which you and I need to get into after you've seen this. So, uh, you're going to come back and do the show again sometime, aren't you? 
Yeah, I'm always around. Okay, good. Brandon Brown, super. <laughs> right. Well, I'm actually glad that the, the hundredth episode was because uh, I we need to go back a little bit after my, and you were so nice saying how much you liked my seventy ninth, my first episode here, the seventy ninth. But I think after you offered me the show. And my head was spinning and I'm going, what am I going to do? I want to talk about everything that I know about Superman and I want to do it all in the first show. And uh, and I thought, no, no. And I told that, but, um, you know, I, I paced around for quite a while before I started recording that, that show and then realized, and it, and I think it, it actually, uh, came out pretty well. I'm actually pretty pleased with, you know, for my first show. And, um, uh, then a few days ago when we talked about this and I thought, man, we're both on the same page. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. This is just, we're both on the same page. Well, as I and, saw the episodes going up, you know, I'm like, well, we better start getting ready, try to figure out something for episode 100. Well, why don't we just have a laid back conversation, <laughs> man? When you sent that message to me, uh, it was just, yes, thank you. That is perfect and uh a perfect way for you to come back on to the superman show and uh you know a perfect way for me to say publicly to thank you you literally changed my life and um you know let you know that you still have the key i didn't change the locks by the way so (laughs) so you know anytime you want to talk superman uh you know you got a place to do that it's something that i never would have guessed, never would have expected. Um, uh, did I answer you pretty quickly? Do you remember how long I an- it took me to answer that? It wasn't terrible. It was it was within the hour, I think. But it I, yeah. it, it took a few. It took just a little bit. It was pretty quick, though. I was expecting. Okay, he'll read the message. I'll hear from him in a couple of days. No, nope, almost not quite immediate, but. Well, I started pacing and thought, if I don't say yes, if I don't accept this right now while he's offering it. I'm going to talk myself out of it. I will give myself a zillion reasons why one that I can't do it, that it wouldn't be, you know, good that, that, you know, it's, this is Superman and it's taking over a really good Superman podcast. And it's just, I, I every self doubt that I have just came flooding to the top. And I thought if I don't answer Dave right now, if I don't say yes, Right now, I will talk myself out of this. So, but once I say yes, then it becomes real. It's a thing. And then I thought, well, I'll say yes and I'll still have time. It's not like, you know, show's been off the air for months. So it's not like it's going to be, you know, I got time. But then as soon as I said yes, and then you replied, the sweats, the heart, the head, everything going, oh, God, oh, God, it's real. He said, he's serious. Now I've really got to do a Superman show. Again, I can just never thank you enough for making me use those brain tools again. Got my brain going. You're making me do stuff that um, I didn't know I could still do. And uh, having fun, oh, yeah. I'm glad that you talked about all the nerves. I'm glad that you didn't try to do the show as I did it. You didn't go back. You decided I'm going to make this my show because when I, when I offered it to you, it was with the, the idea that just keep the name, keep the website. I I think that was about it. You might keep the logo logo if you want. Right. And then you kind of took in the original music, which I was glad because I worked really hard on that. (laughs) Well, I love that opening. That's such a cool opening. And some of that, you know, as you've, as you've edited, sometimes that happens by accident, but that took a long time to get 
tweaked just right. Where, but it, so I was glad that you kept that because, again, that was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But that was it. That was where the similarities ended. You you took the ball. You ran with it. You've made something that is your own from a show that existed. It's just the title, as, as the old Flash, uh, post-crisis Flash uh, ad said, only the costume is the, sh- is the same. Thank you. It, it has been an interesting trip. And uh, I, I don't see any any reasons to stop. I go up and down as far as what people are doing with Superman out there. And as I said earlier, I'm going to try to focus more on what makes me happy and just trying to move along from the, the stuff that doesn't. I'm still going to comment on DC and what they're doing that, you know, I have to do that. But I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be the angry old Superman guy. Uh, everybody deserves their Superman and I'm hopefully going to find something I like in them. There was stuff in the new 52 that I thoroughly enjoyed, absolutely thoroughly enjoyed. And then there was what I thought was absolute pure cack as our British friends would say, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So, uh, Superman can do that. Uh, and I think unlike any other character, Superman can bring up those kinds of things, uh, those feelings. And uh, I, I just, I just, I just want to thank you again for it. How, how many, how many, how many, how many? <laughs> so what's new for you? Are you going to be doing anything else? Are you going to stick, you're, you're still got Daredevil going. You're not going to stop that. I'm not going to stop that anytime soon. There's plans out to at least one episode 120. My, my, mm-hmm. my episode 100 on that is coming up later this year. Amazing. Um, yeah, that's one thing I need to get going. I'm thinking, my goodness, Dave's catching up to me. <laughs> <laughs> I started at 79, and he's right behind me with a whole new podcast. Oh, no. Well, there's occasional breaks in that, and I think I've just started <laughs> to accept that, you know, I'm, I'm closer to 40 than 30. I'm going to start slowing down a little bit. Um, <laughs> so every now and then, you know, let's let's take a, wo- a week or two here just to kind of spread it out for long term. Mm-hmm. Um I can't say too much, but there is a secret project I'm working on that you'll probably hear in 2017. Oh, cool. I'm trying to work as far ahead as I can, but I think it's something that a lot of people will enjoy. It's it's a different take on a on an old institution. Cool. Uh, solo podcast? It'll be a solo podcast with guests. Cool. So cool. it'll generally be solo, but I'm going to I'm planning on having people on. Oh, uh, very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm a Dave Weeder fan, so I'll be right there. I'll be downloading it, and it'll be on my pod, because I like Dave Weeder. That's so weird to hear. I, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it's something you'll never get used to, too. Yeah, it's it, that anybody would sit down and voluntarily listen to me prattle on for hours about, you know, nerdy topics will never become something that I, I'm used to. I just want to thank you again. You know, it's it's been a blast, and um, uh, keep doing Daredevil because I'm liking to learn a lot more about that guy. Well, you're going to learn a lot, Guardian. Uh, as we record this, Guardian Devil is about to happen, which was the Kevin Smith run. And so far, I've just done some preliminary work, and it once you go down a certain rabbit hole, yeah. You, yeah, this is going to be some of the most epic coverage the show has done. Wonderful, because there's somebody else that that uh, you can come down on two different sides with is Kevin Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that people either love him or hate him, seems to be. and uh, Or maybe that's just because he was involved with Superman stuff, so people are going to love him or hate him because you either love or hate Superman. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. So weird. Um, well, Dave... 
Thank you. This was, I couldn't think of a better way to spend an afternoon and to spend the, the 100th episode of the show you started. And I am so humbly continuing, uh, Thanks. This was a blast. No, thank you for having me. I'm glad. Uh, congratulations to bring it to 100. 100. Thank you again, Dave. This was this was great. Thanks. Thank you, Bob. Can I sign off? Absolutely. Remember, until next time, keep on fighting the never-ending battle. like to participate in the conversation, send email to bob at supermanforever.com. Superman is based on the original character appearing in Superman magazine and action comics. Superman is copyright DC Comics. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Superman Forever Radio is a proud member of the Superman homepage podcast network.